on a post Super Bowl edition of the In the Fourth podcast. And man, what a game we had on Sunday. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams beating the Cincinnati Bengals. And what turned out to be a pretty fun game, right? Came down to the last minute. Joe Burrow and company couldn't get it done. Stafford made the play to Cooper Cup. And that's where we're going to start today, right? In life, you get breaks. Whether that's being introduced to somebody at a networking event, right? Whether that's moving to the right stage at the right time from a real estate perspective. Whether that's being able to invest in a young company that turns into a unicorn like an Apple or an Amazon, right? We all catch breaks. And in Matt Stafford's career, he finally caught a break. He spent years in Detroit being wasted away by bad front offices, bad ownership, bad players around him, right? When he finally got good players or a good head coach like Jim Caldwell, he was wished out the door really, really quickly and probably unfairly. Calvin Johnson retires early, one of the top five greatest receivers of all time, right? Just pattern after pattern after pattern in the Lions organization of ineptitude, of loss, of just not being able to do what other organizations can do, right? And a new regime comes in, Dan Campbell and company, and they finally say, all right, Stafford, you've had too much pain in this organization. We need to turn the page. We're going to trade you to a contending team where hopefully you can represent the city of Detroit. You can represent whatever that new said team is and go win a Super Bowl, right? And he finally gets paired with Sean McVay, with Les Snead and a really, really good owner and Stan Kroenke, a stable organization that's been consistent, that's been winning, that has the want to win, that trades for big-time players. And it all finally comes together, right? And let's go through this season. They had Deshaun Jackson at the start of the year. Didn't halfway through the year, right? He wanted out. Odell becomes a free agent. Finally signs with a team that's going to use him correctly in the Rams. Him and Odell connect on the field and off the field. It's great to see, right? We get into the playoffs, and they get a lucky draw in Arizona in the first round, right? A young Arizona Cardinals team that's since fourth been in dysfunction. Then we go into the second round where he gets to play Tampa Bay at Brady's house. We see Brady and the Bucks melt down in the first half, come back, and Stafford makes the play at the end of the game. To, to seal it on a busted coverage by the Bucks, right? That's that's a little bit lucky. That's a little bit catching a break, right? And then they go, and they don't have to go to Lambeau. They don't have to play the number one seed Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers where they'd be at a quarterback deficiency, right? They get to play Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers at home in SoFi in LA, a team that they hadn't beaten in the previous six games, but they finally caught that break, right? Draquiski Tart couldn't couldn't catch the deep ball in the fourth quarter to really change that game for the San Francisco 49ers, and the Rams caught a break. Aaron Donald terrorized Jimmy Garoppolo the entire day, and the Rams caught a break. So they get to the Super Bowl. They win the NFC Championship, and they look across for them, and they don't see the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They don't see Josh Allen and the Bills waiting for him. No, they see the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that caught lightning in a bottle and lost to the Jets earlier this year, lost to the Bears earlier this year, right? Had multiple games come down to an Evan McPherson field goal to win it. 
And that's who the Rams get to play. They don't have to play one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Or one of the top teams in the NFL. They get to play a really good quarterback that's Joe Burrow and a team that has Eli Apple as their starting cornerback, a team that has probably its worst head coach in its division and Zach Taylor in the AFC North, right? That's who the Rams get to play. And you know what? I'm happy for the Rams. I'm happy for them. Everyone deserves to catch a break in life. And Matt Stafford finally caught his. So credit to him for playing as well as he did to start the Super Bowl. I mean, 9 for 10? He came out slicing and dicing, man. He was ready to go. Odell looked like he was going to be the MVP of the game before he blew out his knee on that crossing pattern, right? And yeah, Matt Stafford overthrew a ball in the back of the end zone on first and 10 to Van Jefferson on that last drive of the fourth quarter, right? But I mean, everyone's seen the no-look pass to Cooper Cup on the seam route. I mean, that was absolutely spectacular. There's only probably about four quarterbacks in the league that can do that, right? None of which he was playing against. So everyone's going to complain about, oh, was that pass interference to Cooper Cup? You know what was pass interference? The play before, when the running back ran the angle route, the Texas route, out of the backfield and was absolutely held by the linebacker. That was a flag. That was pass interference, right? So it felt like the refs kind of gave him a makeup call in the sense to Cooper Cup, which deservedly so, right? Because that was an awful, awful flag to miss. And then finally, all the work that Stafford put in all these years, right, to Megatron, to all the Lions organization, to Cooper Cup this this previous year, right? And they find a way, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, to connect not only on that drive, but also for the game-winning touchdown on a back shoulder fade. So credit to Matthew Stafford, credit to the Los Angeles Rams for figuring out a way to get this man a deserved Super Bowl, a deserved world championship, and that's where I lay my case. Coming up next, though, I'm going to tell you why the previous two Super Bowl winners, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams, have changed the discourse of the NFL probably for the next couple seasons and why I'm so excited for it. So I think in life, it's really, really cool to see industries, to see people change and evolve, right? We've seen tech absolutely explode here in the last decade or two, right? I mean, we've gone from not having portable phones to now being in a metaverse where you're basically in a Sims reality, creating your own world, right? Living in your own houses, buying things electronically, digital artwork, everything, right? We've seen the evolution of the United States become more accepting of different cultures, of different ideas, right? Whether that's LGBTQ, whether that's BLM, whether that's just a myriad of different cultures, right? And now we're going to see it in the NFL. We've gone from pocket passers in the twenty in the two thousands, right? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady couldn't move, to twenty twelve, where Russell Wilson starts to change the narrative a little, little bit, wins the Super Bowl. Now everyone wants a a quarterback that can move and be outside the pocket, right? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Trevor Lawrence can do it, right? Joe Burrow can do it. Everyone can move. But from a team-building standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, we're going to see a change. And that change is teams are going to start putting all their chips in the middle of the table 
run up the credit card bill and say, you know what? Let's go try to win a banner. Why? Because banners fly forever, baby. They do. And no one can take it away from you. Right? Just look. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Out the door. Number one overall pick. Said, you know what? We can do better. See you later, Jameis. Come on down, Tom. Bring whoever you want. Bring Gronk. Bring the troubled Antonio Brown. We have a super team here. We're going to create the best team possible for you. We're going to surround you with talent. Right? And that's what they did. They go out. They win, a, they win a Super Bowl. What happens this past year? The Rams look around and say, number one overall pick, Jared Goff. See you later. Not worth the money. Yeah, you got us to a Super Bowl, but, but we didn't win it. We have, we have ceilings here. Let's be ceilingless, right? Stafford, come on down. We'll take you. We'll pay the money. We'll pay the first round picks. We don't care. Odell, you want in the building? Let's go. Von Miller, you want in the building? Let's go. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, already here. We already traded for you, drafted you. Here we go, right? We got all the pieces. And they what do they do? They win the Super Bowl, right? The teams that are spending the money, the teams that are going out and being aggressive, getting those players that they need, are the ones that are being successful. The Bengals have spent an uncharacteristic amount of money for the Bengals organization in the past three years in free agency, right? They have a lot more money to spend this year. Why? They have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And they better take advantage of it. They better keep doing it. Why? They got to a Super Bowl because of it. Look at the Chiefs. What did we say last year? They need to fix their offensive line. Well, they go out. They side Joe Tooney to the highest paid guard in the, in the entire league. They trade for Orlando Brown. They draft two stud offensive linemen. Boom. Fixed. Done. Let's go. The Bills said, hey, we need a star receiver. Go out. Trade for Stephon Diggs. The teams that are getting better in this league are taking big swings. They don't care anymore. They don't care. They want to win now. They don't want to be the Green Bay Packers who are, you know, just going to continue to put money in their 401k, put money in their Roth IRA, say, we're going to be good for 20 years. We're not going to win any Super Bowls. We might win one. We might luck our way into one, right? No. The Rams say, we want to guarantee this thing. The Bucks say, we want to guarantee this thing, Right? We want to go and do it now. Go buy that Airbnb house. Let's, let's, let's run it. Let's see if it happens. Let's see if it works. Let's push our chips to the middle of the table and see if it works, right? Because if not, okay, we're in the same position we, we were going to be. We just have some more debt to incur, right? But if it works, if it works, we get to retire early. We get, we get a banner. We get a Super Bowl ring on our, on our finger for the rest of our lives, right? So I think you're going to see teams change. You're going to see ownership change the way they think of how to win Super Bowls in the coming years, right? The Chargers are going to change. They have a bunch of money to spend this year. I bet you they spend basically all of it, right? They're going to try everything they can to get Devontae Adams back in his hometown of LA, right? The Jaguars, ton of money, ton of money. They're going to go spend it on Toronto Armstead. They're going to bring offensive linemen in. They're going to bring weapons in. They're going to go get Godwin, right? They don't care what the money is. They shouldn't care. Why? Because they have the dude. Those two teams have the guy. This is not the New York Giants that are sitting there saying, okay, is Daniel Jones going to work? Is he not going to work? Guys, guess what? He's not going to work. But these other teams that have true franchise guys, that have top 10 guys, are going to continue to push the envelope. And that's what I love. That's what makes this league so much fun. 
That's what makes it the best in the world, right? Coming up next, we're going to talk about the five biggest storylines going into the NFL offseason. And man, it's really hard to cut all of them down. But that next. So you guys are going to laugh. You guys are probably going to find a theme here pretty quickly when we go through the top five storylines heading into this offseason, probably heading through free agency and into the draft. Okay? We're going to take out the organizational absolute miscues, right, that are going to be probably pretty big if they end up coming out. And that's Washington and their entire sexual assault investigation that's right now being gone through by Congress. And Stephen Ross telling Brian Flores pay to play or pay to lose, really, in the sense of the Miami Dolphins case. We're going to take those out, okay, because those are organizational issues. We're, we're trying to stay here in, in the realm of playing on the field, players, coaches, etc., right? So we're going to start with number five. Number five, Kyler Murray, right? I'm sure you guys have seen his Instagram deleting all of his pictures except for two most of them with the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals reciprocating that, deleting all their pictures, trying to play some mind games with Kyler. A report coming out earlier this week saying that Kyler likes to point fingers. He's not mature. He's not a, you know, come in early, stay late type of guy. Not a great thing to say in Arizona, right? Not the best thing to be talking about with your franchise quarterback, right? And I think the biggest thing about this is Kyler's looking around. He's saying, hey, Lamar's been dynamic. He's won an MVP. I haven't, right? He's looking around and saying, all these quarterbacks have played either at my level or better than me, and they haven't gotten paid. Why why should I go out and risk myself for an organization that's not willing to pay me $35, $40, $45 million a year, right? Especially with the reports that Derek Carr is going to expect $40 million this year. Why can't they pay me, Arizona? I was number one overall pick. We were undefeated through 10 weeks. Yeah, we kind of flamed out at the end of the year, as usual. But still, what are you going to do without me? Go back to the dreads, the basement of the NFC West? Rely on Cliff Kingsbury to pull you out of it? No. No. Cliff Kingsbury couldn't even win, go above 500 at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. Okay? So, let's put that one in perspective. So, seeing how that entire ordeal in Arizona plays out. If Kyler gets moved, I mean, my God, fireworks are going to go off. If Cliff Kingsbury gets fired out of nowhere, Sean, does Sean Payton take that role? Does Sean Payton come out of retirement, go and coach Kyler Murray? I mean, that's going to be really fun to watch. That's going to be really interesting. That entire storyline, that entire Sean Payton storyline doesn't even make the list on mine because he's not going to be hired until 2022 or 2023. But that's going to be overhanging everybody, especially if Cliff Cliff Kingsbury can't win some games out of the gate next year. So, Kyler, Arizona, one to watch. One to keep your eye on. Number four, Lamar Jackson and company. You say, Lamar? Why Lamar? Why Baltimore? Well, Lamar didn't particularly play very well, or at least up to Lamar standards this year. This is also the first injury he had. Now, I will say this. His injury was not from running. His injury was from escaping the pocket and he got rolled up on. That's not his fault, right? But at the end of the day, the Ravens haven't paid him yet. He hasn't gotten the bag like Mahomes or like Allen has or like Derek Carr is about to 
or like Matt Stafford's about to, right? He hasn't. And for that, it makes it really interesting. It says, do the Ravens believe in him? Are they waiting and seeing? Is Lamar really going to bet on himself again to not get injured? Because if he does, you can make the case that Lamar, it's probably going to be his last year in Baltimore, which is really, really interesting, right? It's something to think about. And if I was Lamar, I would not go into next season without a contract. There is no chance I play next season without a contract. Number three, we're going to go to another AFC North team. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. What do the Browns do, right? What do the Browns do? Are they going to say, okay, let's run it back with Baker. We have it. We have enough. Or are they going to finally look in the mirror and say, okay, quarterback's our issue. We got to upgrade a quarterback. Whether that's trading for Derek Carr, whether that's putting all your chips in the table and trading for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. But at the end of the day, we can't win with the 18th best quarterback in the league, right? Can't do it. Not with the top seven defense we had this year. Not with the best offensive line. Not with two really, really good running backs. One of them's top five. Not with the receivers and the tight ends that we have. Can't do it. Can't waste these guys' careers. Can't waste this time. Or do the the Browns try to convince themselves and say, hey, beforehand, before Baker, we were 0-16. At least now we're getting talked about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the expectation in Cleveland is. I know going into this year it was AFC Championship, but now is it just, can we make the playoffs? We'll see. We'll see from the organizational direction they decide to go in with Baker Mayfield. Number two, Deshaun Watson. Have you guys caught the drift yet? Quarterbacks? Quarterbacks? You know why? You know what changes this league? Quarterbacks? Number two, Deshaun Watson. Right? It's come out. Houston wants to trade him before the start of free agency, which is March 13th, which, guys, is like, three weeks away, okay? So Deshaun Watson, depending on whatever the heck's going to go down in court here with these 24 sexual assault cases, which is absolutely horrendous, by the way, guys. I mean, we've gotten mad at guys for one or two sexual assault cases. This guy's got 24, 24, right? Like, you can make the case, like, okay, maybe she's lying on the first one. Maybe there's something... Like, there's an issue, there's a pattern on the second one. But this is 24 cases, okay? Like, if I was to go out drinking 24 nights in a row, right, and get 15 DUIs, obviously it's not possible, but you get my point, get 15 DUIs, you'd probably say, hey, that guy's an alcoholic, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm going to say is this. That's a serious, serious off-the-field issue. And if he doesn't play again in this league, I completely understand why. If he ends up behind bars because that stuff is true, I completely understand why. I hope it's not. I hope it's not for his sake. I hope it's not for those girls' sake. But my goodness, the team that trades for this guy, and especially if not this entire legal system isn't, hasn't been absolved by then, The team that trades for this guy is going to receive some major, major blowback. Now, it won't matter. It won't matter in the long run. Why? Because teams teams are loyal to their fans, or fans are loyal to their teams. You know what I mean? And come September opening day, they won't care Deshaun Watson's on the field as long as he's on the field. They won't care what he did. But my goodness, 
this is the storyline that I'm circling like, holy crap, this could be explosive, man. This could be really, really bad or really just, ugh, ugh. I don't know if I could touch it. But number one, and of course, we have to talk about him, Aaron Rodgers, baby. Does he stay in, does he stay in Green Bay? Does he stay in Green Bay? Does Devontae Adams stay in Green Bay? It sounds like they're a package deal, right? Um, if Rodgers was to leave, if he was to go to a Denver, I guarantee you we're going to see Denver Rams opening night September. Guarantee it. I put my entire house on it, right? So he he is the one. He is the one that can change the power in this league, can swing the pendulum. God, I don't want him to come to the AFC, but you know what? If he does, he does, and it's going to be really, really fun. You know what I mean? Um, he'll be in a he'll be in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I mean, poor Derek Carr at that point. Jesus Christ! But does he stay in Green Bay? Green Bay is going to have to lose a lot of talent this year. They're over the cap by a lot of millions of dollars. They're probably not going to be able to pay Rodgers and Zadarius Smith and Devontae Adams and their linebackers and everybody else. So they're going to be depleted of talent going to next year. So if they end up 10-6, and six, is Rodgers happy? Is this a yearly thing now? Is this going to be a Brett Favre saga again, which it kind of feels like? Does he come back? Is he going? Is he retiring? Is he coming back? Hint, hint, Brady. Right? But that guy changes the power. He changes the power in the league. And it's going to be really, really fun to see how it all plays out at the end of the day. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. We're going to stick to quarterbacks here. Tom Brady, does he come back to play? Does Tom Brady go to San Francisco? Does Russell Wilson get traded from, from Seattle? Is Pete Carroll in Seattle? Right? I mean... Those are some pretty fun, interesting stories that can also change the balance of power in this league. But after all this, I appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of the In the Fourth Podcast. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you guys can go out and have a good time this weekend. There's not many sports on. There's basketball season. I guess you better start watching the, you know, just absolute FCS level basketball in in terms of March Madness coming up here in a couple weeks. You know, go watch that Louisville, South Carolina, awful game. Go do it. Go do it for the fun of predicting that Louisville upsets somebody in the first round. Until then, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. I'm out.